0: Hey, Emily. Hi, Allison. So I have an idea for the name of this week's episode. What is it? Let me, let me hear it. Midterm mania, you know, like since it's midterms week. I gotcha. you. That's,
1: that's pretty funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you liked it. You
1: think I'm funny? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's midterm. So like you need a break we you're a break. That's what's, that's what's up. All right, so welcome to Midweek Mania. This week, we're talking about how COVID-19 has impacted the entertainment industry and favorite childhood snacks and a list of Netflix recommendations. Let's hop right into it. So it has been a very long week for me.
0: I know I've been super busy with assignments and my job and things like that. So this weekend, I'm going to watch some Netflix. And I think we all kind of like to watch some Netflix or, you know, some sort of television Mm -hmm. So, I have a top 10 list in no particular order of my Netflix recommendations. Show I've been really into recently is Cobra Kai. Are you familiar with this? Yeah, so
1: I heard some things about it. I haven't seen it like in particular, but I've been wanting to.
0: For those of you who don't know, Cobra Kai is the spin-off show of the Karate Kid movies, so it highlights the life of Johnny Lawrence instead of Daniel LaRusso, who's the main character of A Karate Kid, and Johnny Lawrence is an adult now, so is Daniel, and he opens up the Cobra Kai dojo again, and things go off from there. I watched the whole first season in one day, so that was very interesting. And then the second season I finished, the third season, I believe, comes out in January, and then I, th- I don't know if they already recorded a fourth season or not, but I think four seasons are coming, so... Very good show. Very interesting. You don't have to like karate to watch it. It's very action-packed. So that's the first one. Second one is the show, Julie and the Phantoms. We talked about this <laughs> last week. I'm a little bit obsessed. It's geared it's toward... Okay. It was a
1: cute show. Very cute. I loved it.
0: Yeah, it's geared toward a younger audience, but I feel like anyone can enjoy it. I mean, I, right. I'm a college student and I enjoyed it. So. Yeah. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, Julie and the Phantom is a show about ghosts or an a band with a teenage <laughs> girl. That's basically the synopsis. Number three, get organized with the home edit. Emily, have you heard about this one?
1: Uh-uh. I was looking at the notes last night and I was like,
0: what is this? <laughs> like,
1: I've never heard of it.
0: Have you heard of Marie Kondo, tidying up with Marie Kondo?
1: mm No. I'm okay. very young. I'm sometimes very uncultured.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, tidying up with Marie Kondo is basically like cleaning up your house and like getting rid of things you don't need. But get organized with the home edit. I think people who like Marie Kondo will love this. They basically organize homes to be aesthetically pleasing and functional. And, you know, it's celebrity homes. So it's interesting if you want to see like a peek into somebody else's life. And, you know, if you just feel like you like HGTV or those home shows, this is the show for you. And number okay. four, I have... The Good Place. It is an NBC show. It's a very comedic look into the afterlife. It's got Kristen Bell, Ted Danson as two of the main characters. And there's also Maya Rudolph who comes into play. So it's just a great show, a great cast, very funny. I binged the entire series. So one of awesome. my faves. Supernatural. Emily, have you
1: watched Supernatural? I have watched some episodes because my boyfriend has been super addicted to it lately. So I have watched a few of them.
0: I have not watched much of Supernatural. It's on my list, but they're in season 15 right now, which is the end of the series. So I think it's a little promising. It's about some demon hunters, very dramatic, kind of dark. show. It's not necessarily scary, but... It's got like fictional ghosts. Definitely cool,
1: like definitely mysterious, like it gets you wanting to watch because you want to know like what's going on next.
0: I think it's good because it's one of those shows where you don't necessarily have to watch it in order to understand what's happening. I mean, there is one main plot that goes throughout. So if you want to know like who the main characters are and like why they do what they do, then definitely watch it in order. But it's a good show to just put on and just relax number six is sweet magnolias i won't spend a lot of time on this one i don't think it's gonna be everybody's favorite but i will say if you like hallmark movies this one's for you number seven the designated survivor emily have you heard of the designated survivor
1: yes i have i started watching it and i absolutely love it it is like one of my favorite shows where are you at right now well, I'm only in like the first season. I did have to stop because we were moving, so I didn't have time to like watch a whole lot more. But I only got like four or five episodes in.
0: Okay, so we're about the the same point. The, the designated survivor is a show about a member of the U.S. cabinet who unexpectedly becomes the president after a catastrophe. It's kind of, it's a fictional show, obviously, but I think it's really interesting and it's a different look at politics, I guess. You know, we are in election season and I don't really like to discuss politics, but I think this is an interesting enough show that could get you to watch it, even if you don't really like politics.
1: It's just really cool because like, it's something like, yeah, it didn't happen, but it's something that really could happen. Like, that's why they have a designated survivor in the cabinet members. Definitely one of my faves so
0: far. I'm going to be watching it this weekend for sure. Number <laughs> eight is New Girl, a classic. It is a lighthearted, funny show. So if you like lighthearted, funny shows, this one's for you. It follows the life of a ditzy school teacher named Jess who lives with three men in her apartment. Jess is played by Zoe Deschanel and she does a great job and the show is funny again one of those things where you don't really need to
1: watch in any particular order unless you want to know like the backstories of the main characters. Those are definitely my favorite kind of shows because I like I like to jump around. Well, That's it's nice I too because you can, you can watch TV for the entertainment
0: of it and then you can also just kind of put it on as background noise or to help you be more productive. And so shows like this where you can just kind of throw whatever on, perfect. Awesome. Number nine, we have scare tactics. Does this ring a bell at all? Mm Not really. Oh. This show started, I think, in 2005. I vividly remember watching it in my childhood. It's a prank show hosted by Tracy Morgan. So people are set up by their friends or loved ones for a good scare, and they put them in, like, creepy situations. So I know there's one with, like, an alien and then, like, a haunted demon. And it's just, like, <laughs> it's it's funny to watch. And especially since we're in Halloween season, too. This yeah. one is a kicker for me. And since every... Episode is a new episode, new new people getting pranked again. It's one of those things where you can watch one episode, you can watch all of them. Doesn't really matter. Gotcha. And the last one is Hubie Halloween. This is a new movie that just came out this week. It's starring Adam Sandler, and Adam Sandler plays an easily scared man who lives in Salem, Massachusetts, in Halloween time. So it's a nice tale of Halloween, and the cast is unbelievable. There's Maya Rudolph, Kevin <laughs> James. Karen Brar, Noah Schnapp, who you might know from Stranger Things, Keenan Thompson, mm-hmm. China Ann McClain, and many, many more. There's too many to list. And this one is a really special movie because originally Cameron Boyce was supposed to be in it, starring with Adam Sandler. Aww. And obviously last summer he passed away. So it's special to him, to Adam, because... The person who replaced, if you can replace, I don't necessarily like the word replace. The person who is playing Cameron Boyce's original character is Karin Brar, which was Cameron Boyce's friend from Jesse. He played Robbie and they've been friends like since then. So I think it's a special movie. It's supposed to be really funny and it's Halloween time. So gotta watch some Halloween. I'm so
1: excited. I really, I'm definitely watching this this weekend. I heard that it came out. It was like yesterday, the day before, and I was like, oh my
0: God, it's out already. (laughs) We're going to have to watch it this weekend and then talk about it because I'm interested to see what you think.
1: Okay. I'll definitely, I'm watching it for sure.
0: Beautiful. Well, that's the top 10 Netflix recommendations I have for this week. Love it already. So the next thing we are going
1: to talk about today is how like COVID-19 has impacted music and movie industries so like you know my biggest thing that I have I have noticed is that TikTok is definitely taking over everybody's on TikTok like nobody really watches or like listens to um like new like say Taylor Swift like came out with a song like I really don't know like the only things that I know that are coming out are like these TikTok stars that are coming out with their new songs, like when Charlie D'Amelio brought out her song, was it um, "Don't Want to Be Happy" or something like that? That was more like a bigger, bigger of a deal than something else. she you have something to add, Allison? I
0: was gonna say it's Dixie D'Amelio.
1: Oh, that's right, it's Dixie. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want, didn't want to cut you off. I forgot. Yeah, it's the sister of Charlie, Dixie. She's the one that they came out with the song. But yeah, like ever since. COVID started, I feel like TikTok music has been more of the mainstream. Like that's how I find out my new music and find out my new artists is from watching TikTok. But I think there's something
0: to point out too. It's not just
1: like returning to TikTok for music, but if you look at the charts, a lot
0: of the music is TikTok music. And I guess for those of you who like don't use TikTok or don't know what TikTok music necessarily is, I just think it's music that independent producers put on TikTok to gain a following Mm -hmm. and people who watch the videos and like the song just end up listening to the song on Spotify and streaming it. And then once you do that, obviously you get enough listens, it hits the charts. So I think the charts have a lot to speak about this. If you look a lot of the charts is songs that originated on TikTok.
1: Yeah, I feel like, you know, if you go onto Spotify, you just like search like TikTok playlists, you know, they're constantly updated. Whether they are from Spotify themselves, like, you know, how Spotify does their own playlist, they finally came out with a TikTok playlist and they constantly keep that updated. And people like have their own accounts and their own playlists, they're constantly keeping that updated with the newest trendy TikTok sounds.
0: What are your favorite songs that you've found on TikTok?
1: So right now, the one that's stuck in my head is um, something about like your drip, like your your clothes, like you're dripping. And I, I can't remember what the song was called, but it's been in my head nonstop. I do really like the Dixie D'Amalia one too. I know a lot of people like don't like that, but I really, really like that one because that, that shows like a different, different type of emotion.
0: Uh, what else? Is there any that you like? Allison. So I'm looking. I have a playlist here that I made called TikTok Made Me Do It. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> it's not really. It's not updated. But, well, so big hits earlier this year were like Chinese New Year by Sales, Blueberry Fago by Lil Mosey, Runaway Baby by Bruno Mars. That made a resurgence. I really like that one. And Three Nights by Dominic Fike. That's on my playlist. There's, there's so many. But I think one of the biggest ones that people might know is Say So by Doja Cat. That really
1: peaked mm-hmm. on TikTok. I think Doja Cat in general really peaked. She, like, I knew her before TikTok a little bit. My old roommate from college, she was so obsessed with her Moo song. I can't remember what it was, but she was so obsessed with it. But anyway, I feel like. Almost majority of her songs have really took off on TikTok. Every, every, like, new set of trends, there's always a Doja Cat song.
0: Do you think that's probably going to be the trend for most new artists, is just to start pushing their new songs on
1: TikTok? I think it'd be very smart if you were a new artist to, like, try to make your sound or or your song a sound on TikTok to make it go viral cuz then that's that's how majority of people find it now so i think that's a really smart way to get your music out there and
0: i think it's it's good for <laughs> like both types of artists and what I mean by both is there's obviously the big artists that are already famous like Charlie Puth he puts a bunch of stuff on TikTok he's already famous but he still puts new music out but there's also like smaller artists who are getting noticed Mm -hmm. like Doja Cat she was kind of smaller I think right and then Mm -hmm. tiktok just helped her research so i'm curious to see if the industry changes like how it scouts because normally i used to think Mm -hmm. of people getting scouted from youtube like that's how justin bieber and sean mendez got noticed is youtube so it'll be interesting to see if there's a shift towards a different platform as we go on to
1: 2021 how music is found yeah i definitely i definitely think there will be a shift um you know, I'm not on YouTube that much anymore. I'm more on TikTok and scrolling through for hours. That's just how I find music nowadays.
0: For sure. I think there's a lot to be said because not only are you finding like the videos, you know, a video with one sound, but I I follow a lot of people on TikTok who say, hi, I have a good music taste. Here's a bunch of songs I like. And then they do like a 60 second video with a bunch of clips. And that's how I got a lot of the music that I like to listen to now is just from those. So not only are the artists getting noticed, but normal people can be like marketing professionals at this point. Like they're pushing
1: music to get streams. I definitely see that. I definitely see like people even promoting their playlists on Spotify and then you go on there and then you get a whole, whole other world of music.
0: We should start a Spotify playlist for Midweek Mania. I think that'd be interesting. Music that we talk about. That would be good. We should do that. That would be fun. I like cool. that idea a lot. Well, we'll get that in the works later this week. Well, not only has the music industry changed, but also, like, the TV and movie industry. Obviously, the coronavirus pandemic hit when a lot of shows were in the middle of production. Some still have yet to resume. I know we talked about Supernatural <clears throat> earlier on in this episode. Supernatural's on its final season, and it started it's season fifteen. I believe the first half of the season aired like last fall and into into the beginning of this year, I think. It's one of those shows kinda like The Walking Dead that does like one season, but you have the fall and then you have like a break. And then you start back Mm -hmm. up in the winter and their production stopped mid season towards actually towards the end. And this is their final season. So the pandemic hit and they kind of just had to sit on it and wait. And then the main stars quarantined the summer and resumed later, I think June, July, August, sometime during there to finish up the show so that they could wrap it up. And the final episode airs November 19th. So some, some shows and movies are starting back up, but for the most part it's remaining pretty slow I know Riverdale is also back filming and I saw Mm -hmm. a post by KJ Apa who plays one of the main characters and Mm -hmm. on his Instagram he posted that they have to rinse their mouths out with mouthwash for an entire minute to kill the germs before scenes are filmed. (laughs) So it was like a very awkward 60 second post of them just swishing their mouths with mouthwash. That's funny. So that's an interesting protocol for sure. But that is for the shows who are coming back. Obviously, I think there's a couple more, but I don't know all of them. But other movies and stuff have been pushed back. Have you heard about the new Batman movie yet, Emily?
1: No, I was just reading that, and I, I love Robert Pattinson and Batman, so I'd be kind of excited to see this movie. There's a new Batman movie coming out with Robert Pattinson, whom you might know as Edward from
0: the Twilight series, and it was originally intended to be released on October 1st of 2021. However, it was just recently announced that Batman is now being pushed back to a release date of 2022. Which is weird because there is a trailer out, so it makes me wonder how much of the filming they had already done and how much they need to continue. Obviously, they want to be safe, and so they're pushing it back a whole year. So if 2021
1: is bad, too, they'll just continue filming in 2022. But that's kind of curious to think about, too. Like, you know, if they have stuff already filmed, do you think maybe they're going to use that? Or do you think they're going to re-record? Because that's obviously, like, a couple years ahead of time. Like, things change. Or are they going to be able to get things to look the same again? Yeah, that's good. I don't know. I would hope, it's my hope
0: that they would keep the same stuff because obviously a lot of money goes into that.
1: But you raise a good
0: point. I mean, people's looks change over two years a lot sometimes. So
1: So, like, are they going to lose money for like deleting all of these scenes that they spent so much time on? Or maybe it's only a couple that they can redo? Who knows?
0: Yeah. Well, that brings us into the next point. So thank you for that question. Patty Jenkins, who's the director of the Wonder Woman 1984 film that's supposed to be coming out, it's the sequel to the 2017 Wonder Woman film, she fears that the pandemic may cause movie theaters to go into extinction, which is frightening. I mean, you think of, okay, what will this look like for film companies? Like, how are they going to get the money to do it. They might get the money, they might get investors, mm-hmm. but how are they going to get the payout if they're not allowed to show movies in theaters, potentially? Like, I know the new... There's a newer movie called The King of Staten Island with Pete Davidson. Are you familiar with that at all? Mm-mm. That recently came out this year, and it was supposed to go to cinema, and instead it went directly to streaming platforms, I think Amazon Prime. Yeah. And you can do that, but... I know personally I'd rather just stick to my Hulu and Netflix subscriptions and have to pay to watch a certain movie. So it makes you wonder same here. Are they going to lose money? Like will film companies still get a lot of get a lot of money to make these movies?
1: And then if not, are there going to be less movies being made? Right. I definitely think like making money is probably going to be harder cuz like you're not getting that hype anymore from going to the theaters like you know this new batman movie like always a, it's always a superhero movie too people get so excited to see these in theaters and you know you see lines and large crowded theaters like sold out seats but you're not going to get that anymore and like how exciting is it to be like, oh, you know, the new Wonder Woman movie came out on uh, Netflix today. Do you have time to watch it tomorrow? Like like people want to go today if it's like in theaters. There's not much hype around it if it's released on, you know, Netflix Hulu, other platforms.
0: It's a really interesting point. I
1: think <clears throat> there's a lot of merit to seeing something
0: in theaters. For example, like if you and I wanted to go see it because we we're so excited. There's a certain energy in the theater. Like, you're there for the first time, you're watching it for the first time with a bunch of people who also want to watch it. And I don't know. I think sitting at home on your couch or bed or wherever you watch TV with a bowl of popcorn isn't going to be the same experience as in a theater
1: with people. You know, some people like enjoy that more. Like, I'm typically the one that doesn't. I don't really care to go to the theaters, but like since COVID started and I haven't been to a theater in probably a year now, it just makes me want to go experience that again. Like every once in a while, like it's so nice to go to the film, you know, see it for the first time with other people, like you said, get your favorite snacks. And then also like getting those, you know, trailers, they're fun to watch. Like you get to see what next is coming up, but you don't really see that anymore. it's just, Literally just the movie played on Netflix, and that's about it.
0: See, I think I think there's enough people that would want to keep going to the movie theaters that something like this could work, but I remember learning in one of our classes that the theaters really, they don't really earn a lot of money to begin with. Like, if you think mm-hmm. about the $7 pop or, you know, popcorn bundle, it's like $20. You're like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of money for a pop and a popcorn, but the theater has to pay for the film like Mm
1: -hmm.
0: a majority of the percentages of ticket ticket fees you know money that they make from tickets has to go back to the company that created the movie so that they can pay out their actors their crew yeah everything like that so i almost i almost wonder if theaters can't survive will the production companies maybe do more of like pop-up theaters i feel like that could be an
1: option that's a great, you know, a great like thing to think about. Um, I don't know. I really don't know on that one. One thing I do think that might come back is drive-in theaters.
0: That's already resurging with COVID. I mean, Walmart the summer had a drive-in theater, little pop-up mm-hmm. where they had. I think it was like shipping containers or like. <laughs> And I think projected it to them, like, that are stacked up. They didn't have any in our area, so that kind of sucked. But they did that, and I know there are a couple drive-ins locally that I've been to a few times, and they, like, generally seem popular in the summer, but I feel like things have spiked a lot more since the pandemic started with drive-in movies.
1: Well, yeah, if you want to go see a movie, that's basically, you know, all you can do is, you know go into a drive-in but now you like you're also seeing like my hometown uh, we had a big football game you know they broadcasted it in a parking lot so that everyone could drive in and watch the football game i don't know i just feel like that's going to be more popular as like the years go on because of covid
0: i think there's a lot to think about and there's so much uncertainty with the situation we can't really make anything other than predictions mm-hmm. but just know that the entertainment industry has definitely changed a lot more than you think, you know, Mm -hmm. the average person probably might not think of it because, Oh, they have something to watch on TV or, Oh, there's a new movie on Netflix. But I think we're going to hit a point at some point, if things don't improve where there's not a lot of new content out and we're just kind of stuck in the rut of what can I watch next?
1: Let's jump into something a little bit more, you know, light and fun. Um, Let's go into child nostalgia topic. So this week I really like. I want to keep going with themes. Last week I did our last episode. I did toys. This episode I really want to do food and things that I remember, like either snacks or drinks or like anything that I remember as a kid that you know you can't get anymore or you just you just remember it and it brings back those those happy feelings. So the first one is hershey's kissables do you know what these are allison i don't know are they like a lot of people i talk to about them don't know what they are until i like show them a picture or like have them look it up really quick
0: i know hershey's kisses but hershey's kissables is that something different
1: kissables they literally are um m&ms in a hershey form And they have, like, a hard coating shell, just like an M&M, but the Hershey's Kiss is, like, in the inside, and they're just little, like, itty-bitty size, probably the size of, like, the mini M&Ms. And they were so good. If I could tell you, like, I want these back so bad. (laughs) They were, like, my life when I was little. They were so good. definitely good to make cookies with too and then so the next one are dunkaroos which were also one of my favorites when I was younger it was kind of more like a 90s thing but it it still was popular when um like in the early 2000s but they did bring them back and I haven't gotten any yet but I really do want some And if you don't know what Dunkaroos are, they are um, little cookies that you can get with, like, a little cup of frosting next to it and some sprinkles, and you can just dump it in. And they're really good. And then the next thing are Trix yogurt. They don't make these anymore. They don't? do you know? No, they don't make these anymore. I've not seen them. I am pretty sure they do. There's no way. I have never seen them since, like...
0: I also don't like, eat yogurt, so maybe I'm. Well, just I
1: don't crazy. eat a whole lot of yogurt. Like you know, today, like Greek yogurt is really popular, and I hate Greek yogurt <laughs> because it's so sour. But Trix yogurt was so good, especially the blue and pink mixed one. That one was good. You're right. It said it was discontinued, but
0: I just I vividly remember these so much. I feel like they still sold them. So I'm sorry, I was I wrong.
1: Know. No, they. I miss them so much because they were like one of the few yogurts that I really liked, (laughs) but yeah, they were like two flavors always mixed in too. And it was the pink and blue one. That was my most favorite. The next thing that I have is the individual ice creams. They still sell these today, but the difference between today's and when we were little is that these little individual ice creams came with a wooden spoon under the lid so you didn't have to dirty up a spoon that you had in the house. And now they don't come with the wooden spoon anymore. Honestly,
0: it was it was very helpful, but I hated the taste of the
1: wooden spoon. Really? Yeah. You know, my cousins, like always had them, like even when we're done with our ice cream, we like had them in our mouths all the time, like chewing on them. Like that's probably why they discontinued them.
0: <laughs> Joking <laughs> but- hazard
1: probably, but I loved the wooden spoons. Like they were, I don't know, like they weren't very useful because they weren't really like a spoon. It was like a paddle. A very thick
0: toothpick, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good description of it. So what was your favorite flavor?
1: Mine was the vanilla with the fudge swirl on the end, like on the bottom. That That one. And then
0: I also liked the one with the strawberry swirl. I don't know, but it was a very, yeah. their packaging was very weird because it made sense that like, okay, you have these little cups, but then they weren't they in like a plastic bag? Almost like a bread bag.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. That's so weird. <laughs> I think they still come in those bags too. But why? I don't know. Like I'm so confused. Keep, we would just take the bag out and stack them in the freezer without the bag, but. yeah. I don't know. I really liked taking the lid off. Like it was so satisfying to take that lid off cuz it like just peeled right off the ice cream and then you can like the lid like a yogurt lid. Oh yeah, that was memories the stuff right there. Okay, and then the next thing I have was yogos, which were another one of my faves when we were younger. I can tell by your expression, Allison, that you like these too. I was genuinely
0: thinking about this segment this week. And I was going to be very upset if you didn't include yogos. So <laughs> they were so good, and I still can't figure out why they were discontinued. Because I think almost everybody that I know that's had it has really enjoyed it.
1: Like everybody at lunch had yogos in their lunchbox, man. Like I don't even know really what they are. They're like yogurt. It's it's like bites.
0: It's like a fruit snack covered in yogurt kind of like those like yogurt dipped pretzels but it was like a little like round tiny fruit snack almost like the size
1: of a pea like they were very small weren't they yeah they were like a pea size definitely because you would put it like a handful in your mouth at a time but they were so good oh i wish these could come back i can't even remember like what flavors i really liked it didn't matter because they all were good (laughs) that's true that's very true Okay and then the last thing I want to talk about are the cereal straws which you know they kind of they were cool when we were little but they were kind of a flop too because like they got soggy really fast but they were <laughs> still really cool when they came out like to get a fruit loop that's in the shape of a straw to drink your milk out of like it was kind of weird. But
0: <laughs> well I think there has there's a little bit that has to be said about like okay it's sustainable so instead of using a plastic straw you can right. use the straw and then there's no waste because then you eat it afterwards
1: but then in in my head it's like who uses a straw when they're drinking their milk like don't you just grab Sip the bowl it. and and drink it right out of the bowl good point i don't or know like when they came out with those bowls that had like a straw built into it and then you can drink out of that i don't know but the I like the cereal straws, but we used them as, like, snacks and not really, like, breakfast.
0: (laughs) Well, the good alternative to those is, like, okay, they might not have the cereal straws, but they have cereal bars still. So.
1: Yes. My stepmom actually sent me in the mail a couple days ago the cinnamon toast crunch ones. Oh. And I'm telling you, those things were fire. They were (laughs) so good.
0: (laughs) I just recently bought the Golden Grams, like s'mores bars. Mm. Yes, hundred percent. Mm.
1: Can I, I add one some... to
0: this list?
1: Yeah, perfect. So
0: I thought this was a fever dream for a second. Do you remember the Cheetos, like little, like tiny, like Cheeto balls that came in a little canister? Or no? I will. Se- I will show you a picture. Okay. We used to I mean... love these for road trips.
1: Cheeto eat? balls and a little can
0: Yes. I will I will show you. So I just remember like I have vivid memories of eating these in the car. They're called Cheetos Asteroids. They came in like a little canister. It honestly reminds me of like a thinner version <laughs> of like you know, like the plastic container that you can get like lemonade powder in,
1: yeah. or, like
0: Kool-Aid powder. So it's like yeah. a skinnier, taller version of that. And it just had a bunch of like little Cheeto balls. And then when you wanted to eat them, you opened the cap, you poured them into the cap, and that was like your little bowl. And they were so good. Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, like, obviously, it's just normal, like, cheese balls. Like, it's not that big right, of a deal. But the concept for early 2000s to have something portable like that, that's like a container,
1: was so smart. Yeah, that's cool. Like, I have never heard of those before. but I really want them, and obviously, they probably don't make them <laughs> anymore. But that's a really cool concept. Like, it kind of reminds me of like M&Ms, like, you know, the M&- mini ones are always, yeah. you know, they're better than the regular ones, <laughs> even though they're the they same taste the
0: same. Thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sure the asteroids were definitely better than the regular cheese balls or Cheetos.
0: Oh, yeah. They were less <laughs> messy, I feel like, because, you know, they're more dense. They're not, well, dense is not the word. They're less dense, I guess. They're like more airy. So it's, okay. not, it's not like you get a lot of like Cheeto dust on your fingers. I don't know. It was great. It, it was well, probably nice. a highlight of my childhood. I'm not even lying.
1: I love it. Love that you, you can remember that and share that with us. Super cool. All right. Do you want to move on to Artist of the Week? Yes.
0: So new music. I love finding new music. I'm sure Emily loves finding new music.
1: Definitely. It's, it's always
0: good. So my Artist of the Week is Dalton Malden. He is a 24-year-old from Florida. He just had a birthday though, so I'm sorry if I got his age wrong. But he's a student, a grad student and he also plays baseball for his college and he has time for music. He Dang. recently <laughs> just released his first EP called Gray. Before that there was just like a few sing- singles. But very good music. It's hard to describe what style of music it is. It's got like a mix of like pop and country. But I think there's elements from really all genres. My song recommendations, I have three. I said two last time, last episode, and I actually had three. So I want to make sure I'm right. <laughs> but my first one is Nights Without You. It was his first song that he released. It's got more of a country vibe. But very good. And then Mine and I Look Good On You. They're vibey kind of head-bopping songs that are upbeat and they kind of get you excited and in the zone and invested in the music. So that's my artist of the week.
1: Oh, Yeah, I like that. So my artist of the week, I had a really hard time like tossing up between this and another artist, but I couldn't find any information on this one artist because he was so new and he didn't have like, you know, any about me, anything. But I decided to go with Joy Wave. They are a band that is, you know, some people do know them. They're kind of popular, but they're starting to become more on the rise now. And it's because of TikTok. So they are an indie rock band from New York. And they consist of Daniel Armbruster, Joseph Mornellini, Benjamin Bailey, and Paul Brenner. And they have a mix of rock and pop sounds. They're very alternative kind of sounding. They, I don't know, like, how to describe it. Like, I was having a hard time, like, picking, you know, the things to describe their music, but it's very upbeat and kind of electronic a little bit, but alternative- so I would say they definitely sound like, you know, Walk the Moon, Glass Animals and Big Data, which they actually have a song with Big Data called Dangerous, which is really good. That one's my favorite. That's the one that I found on TikTok. And Joywave is actually the one that just features in the song, but they have it on their own page on Spotify as well. And I also recommend their song It's a Trip and B. Great. Well, now that we mentioned some
0: artists that we're listening to currently, we're going to throw it back and do an honorable mention, throwback tunes. So my throwback comes from like circa 2005, 2007. And the song is Our Time Now by The Plain White Tees. Now, most people think of The Plain White Tees for their song, Hey There, Delilah. I mean, who doesn't? But I think this is a great song. It's kind of upbeat rock, not too heavy, but it captures like the feeling of 2006 really well. Like if that could be the sound of 2006, that's the sound. But I also, I don't know what happened to them. The last I knew they released music was in 2010. So wherever you are at the Plain White Tees, we're still listening to you.
1: Come back. <laughs> All right. So the one that I chose has been stuck in my head for the last few weeks. Um, my song here is Ultimate by Lindsay Lohan. She really isn't like that much of a singer, but this song was in the movie Freaky Friday. Have you seen that, Allison? Classic movie. Yeah. So this mo- like this song, Ultimate, she plays at the end of the movie when her um, mom and her new stepdad get married, you know, like things happen, Um, like everything happens, everything is good, everyone loves each other again, so her and her band decided to play this song at their wedding. This was recorded in 2005, and it made Billboard magazine's top 20 for three consecutive weeks, but this song's definitely a bop. I really like it. It's, you know, definitely early 2000s feel, and it's just a great honorable mention, you know, brings you back.
0: Solid. Well, it seems that's all we have to talk about this week, but make sure to tune in next time to our next episode of Midweek Mania and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Midweek Mania. Thanks for listening and remember to keep rocking.